0: Hey guys, welcome to New Life, glad to have you guys here with us. How many of you guys are excited to be at church today? Wow, wow man, I'll tell you what, you guys are alive, that's great, glad to hear it. First service people were like all ticked off like they lost an hour of sleep or something like that. I was like, come on people, let's go, let's go. So now, now my people are here, right? I mean, people like me is what I mean by that, you don't belong to me, you belong to God. But you're like me, right? Like passionate for God. So come on, Uh, we're gonna worship God today. We got exciting things happening around New Life today. You already heard about it. We're worshiping three different venues here, plus our North Platte campus. Pastor Dave out there, he's preaching live right now instead of being synced up with us. And we've got all those people worshiping with us online right now. So man, God's doing incredible things in like five different venues all at the same time. It's pretty, it's pretty cool today. So we've got families worshiping together, you know, parents with their kids and parents with teenagers downstairs. Don't worry, we locked them up down there, okay? So they're not getting out. So it's all good. We're all safe. But today we are continuing in our teaching series, we entitled it Lost and Found, Lost and Found. And last week, if you were here last week, then I gave you a, um, a, green, a green piece of ribbon that I wanted you to tie on your hand and wear it like a ring. How many of you guys lost it before the end of Sunday was over? We discovered that a lot of people lost it, right? Right? In fact, there was a lady from our church, she, she, she told me this, she goes, look, after church on Sunday, I went to one of my favorite places to shop, Target, she called it, okay, we all know it as Target, all right, but for those of you that think you're shopping at some French boutique, it's Target, and so she's shopping there, and she goes into the, to, um, you know, like, I guess where you, you, the fitting room, where you try on clothes, right, and she goes in, this is Sunday, right after church, like, hasn't gone and eaten lunch yet, Went straight to Target, the shop. That tells you where priorities are right there, right? Goes there and walks into the fitting room and laying on the floor in the fitting room is one of the green bands tied like a ring already after Sunday morning. So we realized instantaneously that, uh, you know, the professor and all of our scientists that were involved in making sure that the material that we used so that you could wear this ring, you know, that would last the entire month because it was so profound and needed to remind you of something didn't work. So today, our scientists have come back, and we've got a piece of yarn that's going to tie a knot, turn your finger blue, all right? So it'll stay on. It won't come off. Guarantee you. Just from personal experience, don't tie it too tight, okay? Um, It it really cuts off circulation fast. But why why did I give you a simple piece of yarn to tie around your finger to wear the entire month during the teaching series of Lost and Found? Like, why did I give it to you? What's it supposed to remind you of? Can anybody answer that? How much is a soul worth? Right. For some of you, you were like, "Ah, I got the answer, but I'm just intimidated to yell it out. The whole reason why I gave you this piece of yarn was to tie around your finger and remind you for 30 days. What is a soul worth to me? Like, what is it? How much does it mean to me for people that are far from Christ to have a relationship with God that makes them just come alive? Not this dogmatic, old-school, religious thing, but this, this relationship that sets people free and helps them to discover who they were always supposed to be. That brings joy to their life, fulfillment to their life, right? I mean, that's what it's about. We, we, we're going to learn through this teaching series what a soul is worth to God. Some of you already have a really good idea about that. We're even going to take this all the way into Easter. And you're going to learn, like, what is a soul worth to Jesus? Some of you have got that all figured out. Right? And what is a soul worth to new life? Some of you even are catching that passion. But that's not the question, and that's not the reason why I'm asking you to wear the the, the ring. I'm asking you to wear this so that you can be reminded every day you see it, God, what is a soul worth to me? Is it worth my reputation? Right? Is Is it worth my reputation? Is it worth my time? Like a soul spending eternity with God instead of away from God forever. What's a soul worth to me? Am I living life just for me? Or is, is a soul worth my, my 401k? Would it be? I don't know. That's a question you've got to ask. Is a soul worth my discomfort so that they can have comfort? What, what's a soul worth to you? And it's a profound question that when you land on a Christ-centered answer will radically change your life forever radically change your life so why the teaching series lost and found well i'm going to take you to a passage of scripture today we're going to be looking at luke chapter 15 if you've got your smartphone and you've downloaded the number one bible app in the world you version then on you version you can go to search for events every single sunday we offer our sermon notes there now because today is so unique in all of our in all of our venues today um, everybody's hearing out of Luke chapter 15, but they're hearing it a little different, obviously, in the children's zone, then you're hearing it here, then they're hearing it in the youth, and then the way that Dave's preaching, it may be out in out at a North Platte campus. So if you go to UVersion and you just, you just search for events, you're going to find New Life Church comes up, and I've just given you, you know, the chapter, Luke chapter 15, that's where we're gonna land today, and I've given you a couple of questions where you can type some notes. You can even hit save on that and keep it for as long as you want, Okay. Um, it'll be up there all week if you don't hit save but why lost and found i'm gonna take you to luke chapter 15 and give you the crux of why we would preach a month on the lost being found luke chapter 15 verses 4 through 7 jesus is telling a a parable about the value of god's heart for the lost being found and he says it this way he says if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost what will he do won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one uh, that is lost until he finds it? And when it's found, what will, what's he gonna do, right? He'll be joy, he'll joyfully carry it home even on his shoulders. And when he arrives back home, he will call together his friends and his neighbors saying this, hey guys, come and rejoice with me because what was lost has been found right in the same way there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to god than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away why for a month talk about god's heart for the lost to be found first and foremost biblically you need to know it's rooted it's sound it's accurate to say the lost matter to god it's accurate to say biblically that God cares for those who are far away from him today that are seeking him to know him. God cares about them just like we do. And you have, for some of you who don't know me, I have a deep profound heart for those of you that are here today or those of you that are watching, you know, online today that are seeking God, right? You're seeking God to find him and you you're using new life church as the platform or the safe place to ask spiritual questions and get to know who jesus is i want you to know you're welcome here you're welcome here not because i i have a uh, an infinity in my heart for you you're welcome here because god has an infinity in his heart for you and we want to accommodate god's heart here at our church So therefore, we say, this is a safe church to explore God. This is a safe church to ask your spiritual questions. This is a safe church for you to doubt who God is and to be hungry enough to find the real answers. This is a safe place. Why? Because God is a safe place for those who are seeking. And here's the other thing about us. We get excited about those who get to a point where they say, I'm going to step over the line of faith. I'm going to step from man's world into God's world. We actually get excited about that. Why? Why? Because that's part of the reason why we're teaching this series. Because God gets excited when the lost are found, church. He gets excited about it. I mean, really excited about it. And so do we. So like last week, let me just tell you something we can celebrate. Right now, right here, at this moment. Last week, I think there was four people that committed their life to Jesus Christ at New Life Church. And when we say commit their life to Christ, please remember, it's not somebody in a service that raised their hand. That's somebody at the end of a service that filled out a card, like the one you have in the, in the seat in front of you, and they said, this is my name, this is my information, would you please pray with me this week? I committed my life to Jesus. Like, they gave up their anonymity. That's, that's pretty important. And so I want to celebrate with you. And listen, listen, normally I get to speak into that camera in the back, and I speak to all of our venues at the same time. So I may not be speaking to you, right? But if you're one of those four, I want to say welcome home. Like Welcome home. Like, this, is, this can be a home for you. And dive in and help, let us help you just grow in everything that it means to be Christ-centered in our lives. Because we get excited about that, right? And so let me give you an example of God's excitement. Um, I was recently reading a, uh, a newspaper, and I came across this article about a, a, lost, a lost like painting. This painting was painted, though, back in the early 1500s by da Vinci he painted this thing called Savior of the World. This is the painting, right? Early 1500s, he paints it. Somewhere shortly after that, it gets owned by uh, King Charles I of England. It's, it's, it's owned by him. And then it, it disappeared in like 1763. Like it just went off the radar. No one knew where it went. And from 1763 to 1900, the painting was lost. Over a decade of time, a da Vinci painting is lost from 1763 to 1900. In 1900, the Cook Collection in London, right, they bought the painting. But they just thought it was this fake painting that came from the early 1500s. They had no idea that it was an original and then they owned it for like 58 years. So in 1958, the whole Cook collection goes up for auction. And Savior, Savior of the World painting by da Vinci, the actual painting goes up for auction. Everybody thinks it's a fake because his paintings were so popular that, that people would try to mimic them and copy them to try to make some money. And so there was a number of fakes that were floating around made around the early 1500s. They thought this one was one of the fakes. So in 1958, 19- in 1958, the actual painting, thought to be a fake, goes up for auction, and it sells for 125 U.S. dollars. In 1958, okay, thought to be a fake. It disappeared again for another 50 years, because no one's paying attention to fakes, you understand? So for 50 more years, it goes underground, and it pops up again in Louisiana, of all places, in 2005 where it was sold at auction again as a fake from the early 1500s. They could at least document that. And it was sold for $10,000 in 2005. Well, that current owner said, look, this painting needs to be kind of like updated. And so he sends it off to the New York University, where it ends up in the, in the, uh, the professor of painting you know, area, where they're going to restore this old fake 1500s painting. In 2007, they start working on it. Somewhere after that, they start to discover, we don't think this is a fake. And when they get done with it all, then the experts of the Art Society in 2011 deemed that painting that was bought for $10,000 in 2005 to be the authentic one-off painting of Leonardo da Vinci, Savior of the World, in 2011. So now jump forward to November of 2017. That painting went up for auction and sold for the highest price that any painting has ever sold for at an auction $450 million. Cha ching. $10,000? Whatever it costs for that university to restore that? $450 million? After you pay, after you pay all the taxes on that, there's still enough money that if I owned it and it was in my house, I would invite the whole community of Carney over to my house for hors d'oeuvres just to look at it like, what's a couple of thousand dollars compared to $450 million? The loss, the thing was lost from 1763 to 2011. Guys, how excited were those people when they discovered it was the real deal? right? How much more excited is God when the lost, which to God's heart, when, it, when a person is lost, it's like they're dead. When they are found and they come alive through faith in Jesus Christ, like a resurrection of the soul, God gets thoroughly excited about that. That is what he values. And in Luke chapter 15, the whole chapter is to help us understand what God values. So the lost sheep is told to us lost sheep, shepherd goes after it, he searches after it, what he finds, he celebrates. Then he goes, look, if you don't value sheep, I guarantee you value money. So a woman, she lost a coin. Let's say it's worth like a month's wages. She loses it. She searches for it. She finds it, right? She does a big massive search for it. She finds it. She invites her friends over and says, look, my month's wages that I thought I lost, and man, my stomach moved from here to here, right? I mean, I was just sick. I found it. Come on, guys, come on over. We're going to do a little barbecue, Right, I know this shepherd. He's got some sheep. <laughs> we'll get one. So, so they, she, she throws a party, right? And then he moves into the third phase of his story, and he goes, okay, if sheep don't matter and money doesn't matter, people matter to you. Hopefully people matter to you, right? So a father has two sons, and the younger son says to the father, father, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to follow you anymore. Just give me my inheritance and let me go. And He broke all customary rules and he gives him the inheritance and off he goes and he squanders it in wild living. And when he's at the lowest of the low, he says to himself, you know what? I should go back to my father. He's not going to let me be a son again, but he'll, he'll at least treat me better than what I've been treated. Now I'll work for him. So he starts to make his way back. And when he gets, you know, within eyesight of his father's house, his father sees him and he runs after him. Right? And he wraps his arms around him and he pulls him in close and he hugs him and he puts a big sloppy kiss on his cheek and he restores him as a son. The kid thought he was going to come back and have to work the lowliest of the low jobs for his father and instead he becomes a manager. He gets restored back to the sonship. He gets everything that he lost. It tells us something about God's heart. That what is lost requires an all-out search. And when that which is lost has been found... A celebration happens. That's Luke 15. It tells us what God's heart is. But it tells us some really important things about God's heart. It tells us first this, that God's best is for the found. That's the first thing it drives home for us. Today, if you're found, meaning you surrendered your life to Christ, and you're walking in relationship with Jesus Christ, you actually have the best. It's like being a part of the best club you could ever be a part of couple years ago, man, I was flying quite a bit and I became, with the United Airlines, I became a gold card carrier. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's right above dirt and then there's like bronze and then silver and then gold, right? And I'm thinking like, man, this is awesome. You get a little, you get a gold card, right? You get to put a gold like sticker or not sticker, like a luggage tag on your bag and when you get off the plane and you go down to, you know, where you claim your luggage, like, Gold card, and then, like, there's platinum and universe, and then there's, like, black hole up here someplace. But, but you, you get your bags off first. It's so cool that you're standing there, and everyone's standing around. You've always hoped for your bag to come off first. Be a gold card carrier. It's awesome. You get free upgrades. Like, I actually would get upgraded to seats where, you know, you had room for your knees, where they actually respected the height of an average man. I would get upgrades to first class. Where they actually don't just bring you peanuts in a little bag, they put them in the microwave and warm them up first. It's incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. Right? It's, it's awesome. When you're traveling and you're in the airport, you don't have to like, sit amongst all the common travelers. You get to go to the United Lounge. Where they have free Wi-Fi and free drinks and snacks and people to walk around and ask you what you want and try to help you and serve you. And while well, you sit in leather chairs. It's awesome. It's incredible, right? And when you are part of the found, you're part of, if you will, like the kingdom of God that has benefits like no other, but warning to those who are found. The best is for the found, but warning, be careful, or the perks can go to your head. I remember the perks going to my head. I'm a gold card carrier. I get to enter in zone one. Yeah, you get to sit there. I've never could figure that out. Like, why do first class people get to sit there so that when they when you come on the plane, you got to see them sitting there? Like, shouldn't they be the last ones? They're already going to ride in the best seat. Why do they get to go on the plane first? I'll tell you why. Because when you sit in first class and every other common passenger walks by, it feeds your ego. And the gold club carriers want their ego fed. Pride can go to your head when you, you forget that you know, these perks are supposed to be used for something other than you. And you got to be careful as well. When I mean, you're part of the found, part of God's kingdom, you got to be careful that you don't just want the perks for yourself. That you actually want them for all of humanity. Because when you're a gold card carrier, you don't want anybody else to be a gold card carrier. Because if there's more gold card carriers, that's less first class upgrades you're going to get. There's this little secret thing that happens inside of your heart. And it happens inside of the heart of those who call themselves found when it comes to being a part of God's kingdom and wanting the lost to be found. The older brother, he experienced some of this. But the older brother was faithful. Like in the story of Luke 15, he was faithful. Like he's not the one who left. Right? He didn't leave. He stayed there. He did his job. He worked hard. You know, he was faithful. There was something that happened in his heart though when the younger brother came home that he never saw coming. Because I guarantee you that if you just take simple humanity and you put it into the equation and the older brother thinks about his younger brother and he's gone, sometimes he's gonna think about like, I wonder how how he's doing. Like, I wonder if he's okay. And he's also gonna be pondering at times like, why did he leave? Like, is there something I did to him? Because I guarantee you he didn't have all the answers. And then the older brother had to deal with watching the pain that was on the face of his father when his father at noontime would stand at at the gate and look down the path where his younger son, you know, walked away. And, you know, week after week stand there and kind of like pace back and forth while he was in quiet, you know, watching the pain on, on the face of the father. Like the older brother had to deal with all of this. And then all of a sudden one day the younger brother comes home and what does the father do? He doesn't throw him in the family jail. He celebrates him. And all of a sudden, in the older brother's heart, something he didn't even realize that was down there, all of a sudden, like, hey, I got the perks here from being a part of this family. I'm not the one who left. I've kept the gold card, right? And it it rose up. And this pride and this selfishness. And he was so ticked off. And he was so upset, right, that the father didn't punish him, but that he rewarded him when he came back. That the father planned this massive celebration, The older son was so upset and he disagreed with it. He didn't even want to show up to the party. This is what happened in Luke chapter 15, verse 28, so that the older brother was angry and he wouldn't go into the party. So what does the father do? Father loves the older son, right? Because the best is for the found. So his father came out and he begged him, but he replied, all these years, father, I've slaved for you and I've never once refused to do anything that you told me to do. And and in all of that time, you never even gave me a young goat to feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours, that's selfishness and pride right there. Instead of saying, when this brother of mine... When this son of yours comes back after squandering your money, not just on wild living, but he drives it home like try to wound the father on prostitutes even, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. Like you give him the best of the best. What does the father say? The father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. The best is for the found. And often we overlook the fact that everything that God has is for the found. That's the best. But when we get this older brother syndrome, it will cause you to overlook the best and just think about yourself. And many times in a church like New Life where we're growing, right? I mean, It's incredible the growth that's happened over the past four and a half years, and what what we're going to continue to see, God willing, you know, because God wants to see the lost found. We want to see the lost found. We're going to continue to plant churches and make space in our building, and you know, update it like we're doing in the West Venue and like we've done here, and just try to create these modern, contemporary spaces that accommodate the heart of the of the young and the old alike that come to want to seek after Jesus. That when the church celebrates and puts its energy and its money and its resources into reaching the lost the found can get a bad attitude and forget that you already have the best the found that are listening to me today don't forget you already have the best it's easy to lose sight of the benefits of what it means to be found let me remind you for a second the found they've seen their sins forgiven don't diminish that that's game-changing material right there right The found, what are some of the benefits of being in the kingdom of God? Closeness with God. Closeness with the creator of the universe who spoke and in an instant what you experienced today flew into its place. You could experience something that, you know, few people get to experience and that is the joy of the Lord. The joy of knowing God instead of this like, oh man, is God for me or is he against me? The joy of knowing him, eternity with God. Okay, all of those, I guarantee you, you like. It's this last one. That is, part of the benefit of being part of God's kingdom, that kind of like, it catches us off guard. And that is, we get the pleasure of joining God in his mission. Do you realize that part of what it means to be found, like to say that Jesus is my Lord and he's my Savior, requires you to find a pleasure in joining God in his mission? This is what Jesus said his mission was. In Luke chapter 19, he says that the the Son of Man came to do what? To do what? Seek and save what? Seek and save those who are lost. That's the mission of God right there. It exposes for us in this really short verse the the primary mission of God. And then Jesus went on in Mark chapter 16 to include us in this process by saying, go into all the world, guys, and preach the good news to everyone. Which, by the way, you don't have to be a preacher or a pastor or hold credentials to fulfill this. That's not what what the uh, prerequisite was. It was, if you're found, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Like, God's going, there is room for all. That's what we have to do, church. We have to keep making room for all. We have to keep dreaming a dream of our entire community coming to know Jesus Christ. And wherever we would plant the church like North Platte or any other community that will come in the near future, like we gotta dream the dream that those communities would know Jesus and that we would make room for them to come in. We would make room physically. We'd make room emotionally. We'd make room spiritually. We'd make room in our heart. We'd make room in the row. We'd make room in our life groups right? We make room everywhere for them. We can never forget that the found, listen to me, never forget that the found, you that are found, you are profoundly and deeply loved by God. He's not overlooked you. It's not that he devalues you while he keeps looking outward. He loves you deeply. You have the best, but just remember, it's all important. Have the Having the best comes with a great responsibility, though. And that is to join him in his mission. And if your heart's been tainted in any capacity by your gold card status, then maybe you want to follow what the psalmist says in Psalms 139, where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Right? Now watch this. Point out, God, anything in me that, what? Offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. I'm going to tell you one thing that offends God's heart is when we think that if we're found, it's all about us. If you want to offend God's heart, you'll offend Him right there. When you think that everything about corporate church is about me now because I'm the one that's found. When you get that rebellious attitude like, well, I'll teach them a lesson at this church. If they're going to keep making those changes, I'm going to stop tithing. That's rebellion. Like, that's not where you want to live. You want to live found rejoicing in the benefits making more room for God to make his way in and one of the things I love about you church is that this is more of a reminder than a rebuke because this is an incredible church of people that are found that are loving and generous and kind and compassionate and you want to see God bring more people into his kingdom even if it means you lose your seat and your parking place right or did I go too far okay i thought i was right there with you good so luke 15 also helps us to see this though that god's heart it longs for the lost that's an important word longs for the lost what does it what do you think it means to long for something let me give you a couple examples to long for something let's say that your body's experiencing pain right and that pain what does it do it always demands attention what happens when that pain's relieved (laughs) celebration right you used to have a pinched nerve, couldn't get up off the couch. Now it's healed. Boom, back out on the ice playing ice hockey. Well, that's what I do. You do whatever you do. But that's, that's it, right? Like that pain, it demanded your attention. You longed for it to be relieved, and when it was relieved, you celebrated it. God's heart longs for the lost. It also means to have a passion for something, like a deep passion for something that over time, over an extended period of time, doesn't waver. That's what it means for God's heart to long for the lost. His passion for the lost doesn't waver. It doesn't change from one day to another. He's not angry, ogre God one day and pleasant God the next day. It's constant, it's the same. His heart longs for the lost. He has a passion. This is God's heart for each and every person who is lost today. And you see it. You see it when the son's returning from his rebellious state. Here's what you see God do in Luke chapter 15, verse 20. It says, so, that, so he returned home to his father, the younger son, and while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. That's God's heart for the lost. He ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. I mean, just get the imagery, guys. For some of you, it's, the story's too familiar, For others of you, it's deeply profound right now for you. Get the imagery of a father who hasn't seen his son for years. He's not angry at him. He's been longing for him to come back. And when he does, he doesn't stand there stoically with his arms crossed like, prove to me something or what did you do with my money? Where have you been? Why didn't you call? Why didn't you send a pigeon with a little note on it? No, he runs after him with love and compassion. Some of you who are lost today, who are trying to make your way back to God, you think God's like this. But God is, he's looking for your heart to move towards him and he's running after you with love and compassion to embrace you and pull you in tight to himself. When the lost son returned, his passion, God's passion, it bursts with celebration. Just look at what happened in verse 32 a few verses later. He says that w- we had to celebrate this happy day. This is the father speaking, right? To his, to his older, his older uh, son. We had to, son, we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Let me give you an indicator of a Christ-centered character. Just for a moment. Christ-centered character means this, spiritually mature person. Those of you who consider yourself to be spiritually mature, just see if you can check this box. Christ-centered character person longs for the lost to be found. The heart's broken for it. There's weeping in prayer. There's celebration in the found. There's not a disgust when the lost walk into a church and they smell of you know getting high in the parking lot there's not a disgust when they walk in and they're walking in from a, a divorce situation or a separation you know and their their hearts their hearts broken and they're dirty and you know they're li- they're not they're not disgusted by a person who walks through the door that's addicted to pornography they're not disgusted by a person because of their sin they celebrate with them in the baby steps that they make towards god you want to know one of the qualities of what it means to be spiritually mature be able to check the box in your heart that you long like god longs for the lost to be found because god has a high expectation for the found to really know his heart and to join in his, in his mission therefore wear the the green band and if you, if you need another one, please get one on your way out. Like, don't leave here today without getting one of these. Because every time you see it over these next 30 days, I want you to be reminded, what is a soul worth to you? What is it worth to you? We're getting a really good glimpse of what it means to God. Good. What does it mean to you? Wear this ring. Right? Wear that reminder band. And when people ask you, like, what does that band mean? Just tell others what God has done for you. And then if you get the opportunity, tell them what God has done for them. And then if you get the opportunity, invite them to come to church with you. And if you get the opportunity, look around this venue today after we're done. Find somebody that you don't know and go up and greet them. Find people that are making their way to God, whether they're found already or they're the lost, preparing to be found. Don't assume that all of those roles are just for the pastor. No, all of those roles are for the found. It's part of the benefits of being found. Pray for the lost to be found. Ask God to break your heart for what breaks his. Find yourself on your knees, weeping for the lost of your workplace. Weeping for the loss in your family. Weeping for the loss of your community. If you find yourself there, you'll find yourself in the sweet spot of God's heart. Celebrate, though, and give thanks to God for a growing church where the lost are being found weekly, by the way. It's easy to do it right now. Let me tell you when I want you to celebrate. Here's when I want you to celebrate the loss being found at New Life Church weekly. Okay? Here's when I want you to do it. I want you to do it when you drive in and you're a little late for church and where you normally park has already been taken up by someone else's car. That's when I want you to celebrate. When you walk into church and somebody you've never seen before is sitting in your so called seat, that's when I want you to celebrate. Right? When you look around the auditorium and you all of a sudden realize, I've attended this church for 10 years and I don't know anybody near me. That's when I want you to celebrate. See, it's easy to celebrate when it's your birthday party. It's a lot harder to celebrate when it's someone else's birthday party. It's easy to celebrate when you're the one getting all the attention. It's a lot harder to celebrate when someone else gets all the attention. But that's Christ-centered character when you're willing to celebrate like God does because someone else lost is being found. Amen? Amen. Right on. Way to go, front row people. <laughs> I'm just going to close with this. Why did Jesus even tell the stories that are found in Luke 15? Why did he do it? He did it for, for these reasons. Look with me in the first three verses of Luke 15. You're going to discover some radical stuff about Jesus. He says that tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Seekers, those of you today that might be lost, that are wanting to know the truth, those people hung out around Jesus. In fact, they hung out around him so much that it says in verse 2 that this made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. How disgusting it is for Jesus to do that. So because these guys thought they knew God, they thought they were found, but yet they were really lost because they didn't have the same heart as God, Jesus told them this story. He told them about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. So there's obviously two groups of people that were in front of Jesus that day, and there's two groups of people that are in front of me. There are those of you that are sitting at the feet of Jesus, gazing into his eyes and gleaning from him everything that he wants to say to us today, right? And you're hungry to know his heart and you want to turn around and you want to walk out and you want to say, what's a soul worth? Because I want to be a part of the mission, God. And then there's others of you that are saying, I've heard Luke 15 over and over again. Today's just another day, right? Like I I wish the church was the way it was four and a half years ago, right? Why does everything have to change? Why do, why, why? You know, why are we doing all this stuff? And today, Jesus would be saying, I'm sharing this story because I want your heart, because I love you, and you are part of the found, but you need to find the true heart of God. And there's two groups of people here today. Let me encourage you to be found in the right group. Be found in the group that sits at Jesus' feet, looks into his eyes, gleams from him, and walks out of these doors, and with a value of what a soul's worth, you go and tell the people what it, what it means to him. And if you're here today and your heart is more calloused towards the lost, more calloused towards the mission of God, and it's more about you, then my encouragement to you today is find a moment in here, repent to God and say, God, forgive me. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be a part of seeking and saving the lost. If it matters to you that much, may it matter to me. Amen? Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, we thank you today that you do incredible things in our midst we thank you lord that today in our church corporately you're doing incredible miracles where people that are far from you are coming to know you and it will happen again today it'll happen in the children's auditorium it's going to happen in here in our east auditorium it's going to happen online it's going to happen at our north Platte campus and down in our high school auditorium somebody a few people are going to say i'm committing my life to jesus today Lord, i'm excited about that for our church as a whole But Lord, I ask you specifically today that Lord, you would would allow individuals in our church to experience the joy of what it means to tell someone what Jesus has done for them and at their workplace, they would find people committing to life to Christ. In their backyards, over a fence, after months worth of a conversation, all of a sudden, a neighbor would say, I'm hungry, I wanna know more about God. I'm gonna come to church with you on Sunday. And they surrender their life to you. I just pray God that what you have started you will finish and that lord you would help us to reach thousands and thousands of people for the cause of christ That, lord i pray for a day when when every single night of the week it's like you got to have something going on so that you can accommodate those who are being found so they can keep growing in their relationship with you i long for a day lord where two services and multiple venues at one day is not enough. And more services have to be launched. And more campuses have to be planted. Long for that day, Lord. May we be a part of your mission on this earth right now. Where the front of your heartbeat beats for the lost. And the back of your heartbeat, it beats for the found to join you in the mission. May you capture our heart this morning. And may we jump in and join you in this incredible mission. seeing this world and all of mankind walk into relationship with you, a loving relationship where their life is radically transformed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.